Welcome back. This is Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast. This is your host, Tyler Fessler. Now let's kick up the show and get the ball rolling. Back in the studio, I am Tyler Fessler. Super happy. A wonderful day today. We're going to have, uh, we'll be talking about uh, Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, we're going to have Mr. Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune Sports here on the show today. Again, we're going to be discussing Iowa State's upcoming uh, football season. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Iowa State Cyclones, they play in Ames, Iowa. So we will be having him call in from Iowa in just a little bit, probably about 15 minutes here. Uh it's a beautiful day, mainly because uh, I get to talk about a team that I have kind of started to follow, uh, fall in love with. I don't know what you want to, what exactly you want to say to to lead you to this, but this school, Iowa State, has really taken my heart uh, in the last few years. Uh, ever since I. Uh, was covering this back in 2011, 2012. I was very happy uh, when they went to bowl games. I remember when they played in the Pinstripe Bowl against Rutgers and when they played in the Liberty Bowl against Tulsa. Again, I've been following this team for quite some time. I remember it and when, when Mr. Paul Rhodes gets there. Uh, I was kind of sad, I am not going to lie, when Paul Rhodes left. However, he had three straight losing seasons, 3-9, uh, and 2-10, and 3-9. So it was not a surprise when he left, but still kind of a, kind of a sad moment. Uh, however, I really liked the hire by... Mr. Matt Campbell, Coach Matt Campbell, uh, he was previously at Toledo when Toledo was uh, doing some pretty good things. I mean, they were uh, kicking butt and taking names, that's for sure. Uh, he was very successful there, and that is one of the major things that I liked is that I was able to follow him over uh, in 2015, the year he left, they got to double digits, so this guy has definitely proven himself as a coach. I think Iowa State has one of the coolest blackout uniforms uh, in all of college football. We know that that's kind of become customary. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in a few things uh, with uh, kind of what the media coverage is uh, around this right now. around Iowa State and kind of around the Big 12 because I think we're overlooking a sleeping giant in Ames uh, despite despite them playing well the last couple years. Anyway, we will be having Mr. Dillamont talk to us uh, today. Really uh, look forward to this interview mainly because I'm really curious to see how the people of Ames uh, are kind of getting ready, getting excited for this particular season. When you have when you have a team like Iowa State that notably uh, hasn't had the best football program, uh, kind of been beaten down, has been kind of in the basement of the Big Twelve for quite a while, they're starting to emerge. As, I really want to know how the people of Ames are taking it. What's the feeling around the program? How are they going to replace a couple of their key guys? Uh, 
So here's a fun stat, and this is why I say they've kind of been in the they've been in the basement, been in the cellar of the Big Twelve. Uh, from 1979 to 2016, the Cyclones have only had one season of eight or more wins. One season. From 1979, again, from 1979 to 2016, they've only had one season where they had went over eight wins. That is incredible. And here's another fun stat. From 1976 to 1978, that was the last time they had won. They went three years with eight or more wins. So this team is playing for a lot. Uh, They're playing for... This upcoming season, they're playing a lot of uh, recruiting battles, a lot of pride, a lot of, I guess, national recognition, showing them that they're legit in the Big 12, uh, an increasingly better Big 12. As of, uh, When I came home, when I got back from Puerto Rico, the Big 12 was just kind of there. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were dominant. Everyone else was kind of just fighting each other for the third spot. And I will want to predict this. I see Iowa State. Many people have them at the three, maybe four spot. Uh, I actually have this team in the number two spot. There's going to be a lot of reasons I'm going to discuss after the interview. So right now, uh, with no further ado, we are going to be calling in. Well, we're going to have an ad break, and then we're going to be calling in uh, Mr. Dylan Montz and getting his perspective on this upcoming season. So stay tuned after the ad break, and then after the interview, you will hear my take on the Iowa State Cyclones. So stay tuned. Okay, give the ball rolling, Nation. We are here today with Dylan Montz from Ains Tribune Sports. How are you doing today, Dylan? I'm good, Tyler. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So to start off, just to introduce you to, to the fans of the, of the show, uh, how long have you covered Iowa State football? So I've covered Iowa State for um, you know about six or seven years now. I actually went to school at Iowa State and worked for the student newspaper, the Iowa State Daily. Um, and I started covering the football team in 2013, and um, I've been covering them professionally now uh, since 2014. So, um, yeah, it's, the years are starting to add up for sure. Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to get right into it. So... What have you seen since the end of this last year? I, w- I want to talk specifically about Brock Purdy. What have you seen in his progression from the end of last year through spring camp? What 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 is the ceiling? What do you feel like he's going to accomplish this next season? Uh, you, you cut out a little bit, but are you asking about team progression or a specific player? Uh, co- uh, the quarterback, Brock Purdy. Oh, Brock Purdy, sure. Yeah, it was really kind of interesting to watch his progression last year, certainly, with um, having a limited role through the first, um, you know, maybe quarter of the season, and then him uh, coming on as strong as he did against Oklahoma State and really kind of taking the reins um, there at the quarterback spot the rest of the year. But uh, the big thing for the offseason and spring ball and um, this summer, I think, is just him kind of taking ownership of the offense um, with so many uh, of the key offensive players leaving over the last year, either to graduation or the NFL, um, Brock's going to be the guy that, that people kind of look to now to set an example and to really kind of guide the offense. And, um, you know, he's kind of uh, risen to the, the occasion from from the sound of it, talking to Coach Matt Campbell, talking to quarterbacks coach Joel Gordon, talking to offensive coordinator Tom Manning, who's returned now. Um, you know, Brock is, is kind of a unique personality, uh, especially for how young he is, just kind of the way he's able to, 
to rally the the guys together, so to speak, and um, and really kind of execute. So, yeah, as good as he was last year, he needs to probably add a few more things or, or a little bit more consistency even to his repertoire. But um, uh, a lot, they're really excited about what he can provide um, for this coming year. Awesome. And you you mentioned they, they lost a little bit of talent and – uh, the biggest talent, David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler. What what is what what is the offense prepared? How are they going to replace those two guys and and their well and their and how they played on on the football side? Yeah, so I'll go with Montgomery first. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit of a running back uh, position by committee, possibly early on. Um, they have Kanae Nwangu coming back, uh, who's uh, you know been kind of a, a stalwart there for him and kind of a guy that switches things up because of his speed. Um, you have Sheldon Crony Jr., who's the only senior in the room, has a little bit of experience as well. And then uh, Johnny Lang is another guy that kind of mixes things up and is a little bit of a scat back type. But then you have uh, the true freshman in Brees Hall and uh, Jairel Brock, uh, who both signed in the 2019 class, who, who have come on and... Um, you know, I think really kind of opened some eyes as to the possibilities of what they can do with being complete backs. So um, I think they'll go with veterans early on and maybe go to the younger guys as the season progresses. And then at wide receiver, um, they've just been trying to add some depth in the offseason. Um, they returned Tariq Milton and Deshante Jones, uh, who had really solid years last year. But then they added Michael Petway, uh, who was an Arkansas graduate transfer. They added Darren Wilson, who was at Butler Community College. Um, so they really kind of added – um, some some reinforcements there, and then they'll use the tight ends, it sounds like, as well, to kind of make up for some of that production, particularly from Butler in the red zone. So, um, yeah, it, it's, they're going to some guys uh, that have played and have some experience, but then also some newcomers that you don't necessarily know what to expect from, at this level. So, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they navigate the early part of the year and try to, to plug some holes that way. Okay. And... <laughs> Okay, that 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 answered my question there. Uh, how important is the September fourteenth game against uh, the University of Iowa? Yeah, I think it's huge. Uh, number one, uh, just because they haven't beaten them in um, in five years, that they're four years since uh, twenty fourteen was the last time they won. But um, yeah, Iowa is always kind of an interesting matchup because it happens so early in the year. Um, it, you know, you always almost have to be kind of up to speed in the middle of the season. Um, from from a schematic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, have your guys ready to go because that is such a tough game early on. Given um, Iowa's proclivity for for churning out guys and on both sides of the line, so I think um, setting a tone is, is going to be important. A win there would would kind of have you feeling good, maybe about where you are early in the year as you kind of get into the Big Twelve, um, but. Uh, you know, it, it's also big for recruiting purposes, too. Iowa State and Iowa have gone a little bit more head-to-head um, on the recruiting trail since Matt Campbell has come aboard. So having guys, um, you know, in-state that recognize a program like Iowa State is making improvements, starting to win, um, beating a team like Iowa, who's, who's been good for so long, um, it, it all helps in that way. So it, it's huge on multiple levels. Okay. Uh, Vegas has uh, the – they released their odds. They have eight wins for Iowa State. I have them at 10 wins. What is your final prediction for the 2019 season? Yeah, I'd say um, they're right back at that eight-win mark. Um, if they can get through the non-conference, I think that sets them up for, um, you know, obviously a good good path in the Big 12. Uh, game at Baylor will be tricky. Obviously, 
when you look at Texas and Oklahoma at the end of the schedule late in the year, those are those will be pretty big matchups. But um, I have them right now uh, before they get into camp. I have them equaling what they did last year. But um, you know, there's always so many surprises in the season. But if I had to say right now, that's that's what I'd pick. Okay. Uh, final question. I, I, I saw you on Twitter. I saw in your bio, uh, kind of a fun question. What does the, you're a hype man for the office and for what, what exactly does that mean? Hello? Okay, sorry. Uh, I said I said on, on your Twitter bio, it's Twitter bio, it says that you were a hype man for the office. What does that mean? Yeah, so a uh, big Office fan, big Seinfeld fan. Um, you know, I've seen both shows probably, um, you know, five or six times each. So uh, I, anybody who hasn't seen them or, or likes to talk about them, I'm always up for it. And that's that's all I really mean. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'll be in touch throughout the season and, and go Cyclones, and we'll be cheering for them here in Utah. All right, Tyler, thank you for having me on. Appreciate yep, yep, bye bye. And that was Dylan Montz from Ames uh, Tribune Sports. Again, shout out to him for having me be able to talk to him. Uh, I don't know what it is. I also had another interview today, and it was cutting in and out a little bit, so I apologize for a little bit of the the cell phone coverage. I'm trying to we're gonna try to be getting that up. Uh, down here in St. George, out where I live, it gets extremely windy. Uh, like, it will blow for a very long time out here in the desert. So, could be a little bit of that, but I hope that you guys were able to get uh, all of his thoughts and stuff. Again, he has them at 8 wins. And we're going to start off with this. He has them at 8 wins. Vegas has them at 8 wins. I have them at 10. I'm going to explain to you why I have them at 10. We're going to dissect some things starting out, and we're going to... I guess I guess I want to I want to convince you guys of why they're going to be better. And I mean, I don't want to go towards the end of the season and this happen and be like, "Holy cow, this guy knew what he's talking about." No, I want to get you guys. I mean, when you're going to Vegas and when you, or or your sport local sports book and you're betting, it's important to to know what you're talking about. Uh, I want to give you my take. I want to throw some stats at you. So stay tuned. Here it is. Iowa State. Ah, uh, that was good. And I have a sweet. Uh, drink of water. Anyway, Iowa State, you're right, we're fighting a lot of history here. We're going to talk a little bit about the downside. They lost two big stars. Uh, let's see, Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery, yes. And even Brian Peavy out of the cornerback slot, very big, instrumental guys, key guys, uh, the last few years in within the system. Now, and I, I guess... I guess it, we're going to talk about it like this. I'm not going to take away anything from Mr. Uh, David Montgomery. Uh, we're, we're going to start with him. He was a guy. He, I mean, he had tremendous numbers this last year. I mean, he absolutely kicked butt. He uh, ran for 1,216 yards, 13 touchdowns, uh, had a few receiving yards in there as well. He, he's the type of guy that, you know, you're going to like, wow, we're, we're really sad to see him go. Um, and he went early uh, to go into the draft, so we had one more year of eligibility. So you're like, ah, okay, well, 
yeah, we lose him. That's tough, especially for a team like Iowa State. Uh, they're not Iowa State is not Oklahoma, where Oklahoma goes out and they have, you know, they lose their blue chip six six star guy, and then they have a five star guy as their backup. No, this isn't. So when you lose a, a talent like that, you know it, it, it'll bite just a little bit. However, we're I want to I want to talk. A little bit. I mean, David Montgomery is now with the Chicago Bears, so good on him, and and look for his name to be called. I think he'll be a factor, but I think increasing uh, as offense is changing, the running back position is increasingly liquid. Uh, we're going to look at the NFL for a minute. Le'Veon Bell, right? He sits out, doesn't want to play for the Steelers, and we think of him as this perennial talent, this amazing talent. We haven't seen this before, and you know what? Le'Veon Bell is an extremely good running back. However, James Conner this last year steps in, does virtually the same thing, maybe not as explosive, maybe not as many touchdowns, but is a pretty good running back. And what happens? Le'Veon Bell is just sitting there without a job. He's just sitting there trying. It it doesn't make sense. He did what Le'Veon did. Maybe not as good. You're right. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell that might be one of the best running backs of all time. But he, I mean... Running backs are liquid. You look at the NFL, how many running backs are going to the NFL? Uh, Alvin Kamara, nobody even knew his name. I've looked him up multiple times because I can't, can't even remember what university he played for. And he goes in and he took the job for Brandon Ingram. Not Brandon Ingram, from, oh goodness, Ingram. Mark Ingram. Sorry, Brandon Ingram plays for the Pelicans. Still talking about New Orleans, though. I want to give myself credit. Takes the job from Mark Ingram. Sorry about that. And Alvin Kamara now still with the Saints. Uh, Mark Ingram is is not right. So we're we're looking at it, and so so running backs are liquid. And when so yes, he had twelve uh twelve hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. But this kid is coming in to replace him. His name is Brees Hall or Jarrell Brock, mainly Brees Hall. He had over 2,000 yards and 29 uh, touchdowns in his senior year of high school. Now, that, that's extremely talented, and that was in high school. He's playing his high school players. However, uh, that, that is impressive. Yeah, you give him a couple games, uh, you know, you're probably going to be using a, a couple of guys rotating around, maybe a rusher versus a, you know, a catcher, whatever you want to do, but you're going to be able to, to run the ball well. And if you look at the rushing yards, um, this last year, this last year they had 3.6. Uh, that was their average per attempt, 3.6 rushing yards. So you can get a big bruiser. It wasn't like in, it wasn't like this guy had went out for you know 2,500 yards rushing. It, I mean, it's going to hurt to lose him, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. A lot of people are talking about, oh, they lost Montgomery. <laughs> Not that big of a deal. Now we're going to talk about uh, Mister uh, Hakeem Rutler. Now this one's going to probably hurt a little bit more just because Brock. Uh, Purdy has just such an amazing arm talent as, as a good quarterback. Uh, he had uh, around 1,300 yards uh, receiving and nine touchdowns. Now, that that said, that, that that's extremely good. He was probably targeted a lot more than uh, the other guys. But they have Deshante Jones. They have uh, Tariq Milton. They have LaMichael Pedaway. That's a senior. Uh, they have a big guy named Charlie Kolar that I like at the tight end position. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, 
So you're going to be able to fill that hole. It might not be this amazing wide receiver, but I think you're going to be able to fill the hole of that uh, with other playmakers. No one was really talking about Iowa State last year, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, our guys are gone. No, it's not that big of a deal. Now, if you lost your quarterback, that's a completely different story. You got your quarterback back. You're bringing back all five offensive linemen, which is almost unheard of in today's day and age. I mean, these... That's crazy to bring back all five. They're going. They're they're a very veteran line, uh, anchored by four seniors. They do have a, a sophomore at at center, but that means he was a freshman last year, so he knows what he's doing. He's got to get the ball back to Purdy. You've got to provide protection for him, and so. I don't think they lose that much. Yeah, they might lose. You know, people are saying, well, they lost 21 touchdowns. How are you going to supplement that? You're going to be able to find ways. And I know Matt Campbell is going to be able to find that. Now let's get on to uh, the positives. Brock Purdy now has a year, another year under his belt. I, I saw, I mean, I watched a lot of Iowa State because I like Iowa State. And I saw a lot of what people call freshman mistakes. And, and it's true, you have those moments. He's going to, he, he's only a sophomore. And so that being said, he's going to be able to read the defenses better. He's going to know the defenses. And he, I honestly see them upsetting some teams as we go forward. So another stat that, that is extremely impressive. And I really wish it, this, this was the case, uh, that they would play a couple of these teams within this area. But we're going to talk about it. Iowa State is seven and zero in the last two years in October. Okay, let's go seven and zero the last two years in October. They have not lost a game in October during this run. Okay, yeah, in two thousand sixteen they did, but seventeen to eighteen, seven and zero. The games they got this this year: home against TCU, at West Virginia, at Texas Tech, home against Oklahoma State. So let's unpack that for a sec. You got TCU. Who's good will will rebound from their pre- previous year. I don't see them. I mean, they went seven games. I have them uh, sitting at eight, uh, eight or nine games, kind of on the bubble, depending on uh, injuries and stuff. So I think they get a win, and it's in Ames. Number two, they play at West Virginia. I'm, I love the Mountaineers. I, I, I'm excited for them this year to see how Neil Brown does. But this is a new coach within the system. We're only six games into this. We're halfway through the season. So they should you know, be able to get their timing down. They should know the playbook. But it's completely different resets. Not as kids. It's Dana Holgerson's kids. How are you going to be able to respond? Got at Texas Tech. N- then they have another first-year coach there, Matt Wells. Was okay at Utah State. I thought it was a little much for him to leave uh, Utah State to go to Texas Tech. But whatever. You want to go to Lubbock? You want to try it out in the big leagues? Go for it, Matt. I have no problem with that. Uh, and and then I look at a home against Oklahoma State. And this is a team that, that, that has beat that beat Oklahoma State last year, 48-42, to in Stillwater. So I think I don't see them losing that game. So I see them going undefeated in October. Now... And Dylan Moss, he, we talked a little bit about Iowa. Now, Iowa was my sleeper in the Big Ten. I have them winning that side of the conference. Uh, again, we'll be talking a little bit more once when we get into the season. But I have them winning that side of the conference. But I think coming into Ames, first of the year, off of a bye, getting Matt Campbell off of a bye, I think I think this team goes out and wins. They have not beat Iowa since 2014 and that was in that was at Iowa so you so you know you want to be able to show if you want to get the the 
the town of Ames and national recognition right out of the gate, you win that September 14th game. I think an at Baylor game is kind of a trap game. I don't think I don't think it's Baylor's time yet. Give them a year. Give them a, one more year with Matt Rule. It's his third year, which usually shows a lot of improvement. Matt Campbell's in his fourth. This is his year to do so. So I think they go into uh, Waco, Texas. I think they win. Coming out of it, they get Oklahoma off the bye. Now, they beat Oklahoma in 2017. That was, you know, Baker Mayfield year. Uh, They beat them by a touchdown. Uh, It was crazy. Uh, People are like, wow, this Iowa State team's legit. They only have two losses. They beat them, and, and and they came off a loss against Texas. So... I think, and then they, so after uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is also off of a bye, so it'll be interesting, uh, and they have Texas, and they beat Texas uh, a few years ago, I remember it, and they ended up winning by a field goal, and so I kind of feel like Iowa State, despite, you know, oh, that was in 2015 when they did it, they beat them 24 nothing, uh, and then the, the field goal would have probably been a few years before that, but despite what everyone's saying, I feel like they split uh, Oklahoma and Texas. They got them back-to-back. So you either are going to be amped, you you come off the bye, you beat Oklahoma. That would be amazing. I think that would be sweet if they could do it. And then you're going to be so high, you're not going to prepare enough for Texas, and you might lose, or you might come off the bye, lose to Oklahoma, probably a really close game. Even though I don't, I feel like Oklahoma's taking a step back. I feel like People are going to, maybe people won't like this, but I feel like Brock Purdy might be a little bit better uh, than Jalen Hurts. We're really going to see if Jalen can can be the guy in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm not as convinced, um, but we'll see. I think Oklahoma has a lot more assets around him in order for him to succeed. But And then you got Texas. So I feel like they split that series one of them gets a win, and then you have Kansas, Kansas State, uh, Kansas first-year coach, Kansas State first-year coach. I think they, they, they sweep up the rest of the season. So I have them so, – so that's what I'm kind of talking about. I have them at 10-2. and two. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of close games. Uh, for example, Iowa, I think Baylor will be close. I think TCU will be close. I think Oklahoma, Texas will be close. And I think they win out of those five teams that I named. I think they win. They get three of them. I think they win. You know, over fifty percent of that. Uh, mainly because, well, yeah, mainly because it's we're splitting where they're playing at too. But anyway, I I want to buy buy this this stock. I think Matt Campbell is a, is a great coach. He was in his fourth year. Uh, well, yeah. I think it was his fourth year at Toledo where he got 10 games, you know, went on. Uh, we saw what this, this team can do against Wazoo, and I feel like Wazoo was a superior talent last year, and they took Washington State right to the end of the game in the bowl game. Uh, I think I can do it. I think Matt Campbell is, an, is a rising coach. He's a very smart man, and I love his play calling. I think Brock Purdy is great. I think he can, he's a very underrated talent. Uh I, I think he might be I mean we got uh Sam Ellinger from from Texas. Uh you have Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma, Brock Purdy uh out of Iowa State, and then you have uh Charlie Brewer out of Baylor. We're talking about probably I mean those are obviously the best uh I named a lot of the best quarterbacks. I think Brock Purdy runs with them, and I think Brock Purdy beats out. I think Sam Ellinger might be a little bit better just because of he's a junior, but I think he, I think uh, 
Brock Purdy is toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts. Now, remember last time I saw Jalen Hurts really play was in the championship game uh, against Georgia where they pulled him and they had Tua come in and Tua was the savior, blah, blah, blah. And maybe I'm a little bit biased that way that I was like, he couldn't win that game, so how is he going to win in Oklahoma? But anyway, that's another uh, podcast. However, I think this play, uh, only losing three starters on defense, three starters on offense, it's only six combined. They're they're talented they're experienced matt campbell's the guy to do it so if i were you you're looking at it vegas has them at eight i have them over i'm definitely taking that one uh to the sports books as long as they stay healthy obviously stay up to date on injuries kind of as, as the season unravels you want to be watching uh so there you go that's my that's my take on iowa state uh just a little information uh this is this is going to be one of the special podcasts where i'm talking to the media uh instead of doing an episode by myself where i am telling you guys which stock to buy i want to be trying to contact uh, members of the media to kind of get their perspective and then i will tell them uh whether i agree disagree how i feel uh within that uh, about that team, that particular team. Uh, so we'll, so be stay tuned to hear this. Obviously, I'm doing my Pac-12 podcast where I'm talking to, uh, going through a lot of the Pac-12 podcast episodes. Sorry, it's still on the same podcast. Uh, we're going through a lot of the, the. We're going to try to hit every single team as we talk about uh, the Pac-12. I wanted to talk specifically to Iowa State because I think Iowa State has got some serious talent. Uh, Anyway, so stay tuned for new episodes coming out. We're pretty much hitting it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, we're going to be trying to do that. Uh, as the season grows cl- closer, we kind of are in uh, a lot of the coaches are taking some time off, spending time with their families and stuff like that before the season really hits. So some of them are away on vacations. Uh, I have a lot of teams that are lined up. Uh, it's kind of difficult in order to kind of find the right time. Uh, in order to do so, to get that. I mean, I know the interviews aren't long, but obviously if you're on vacation with your family, you're not going to be wanting, you want a a break before, you know, chaos ensues. So uh, we'll be working with them. We're going to be powering. If you guys can believe it, football's not that far away. We're getting closer every single day. Uh, We're into the 50s now. Uh, As as I finish this podcast and when I publish it, we'll see where where we're at. We could be maybe even six weeks away. I don't even know. But uh, stay tuned. Again, stay tuned for the latest updates. Follow us on all of our uh, social media platforms. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to do some in-face interviews as the, as the season draws closer. Really super excited for this upcoming year. Uh, so this has been the Iowa State uh, Preview 2019 football preview. And I hope you guys have a great week and keep the ball rolling.